This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. Now, you may remember last week we heard from Lee Harris talking about 2022. Now, this is Pam Gregory, her take on January. Hi, everyone. Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the first half of January and the new moon that we have coming up in Capricorn on the 2nd, very, very early in the year. Let's talk about moving into 2022. I think this is going to be a very different year energetically to the last two that we've had. The last two have been extremely contracted. We've been locked down for a lot of the time. We've had a lot of rules and regulations, and that was really all started at the beginning of 2020. 12th of January 2020, we had that very important Saturn-Pluto conjunction and that was really the beginning of the hard times the increased control the austerity however as we shift into 2022 things feel quite different really i think it's going to be action-packed very eventful dramatic unstable yes absolutely um, but a feeling of speed and a feeling of as the old falls away we have much more opportunity to birth something new and an alternative society is already being birthed. It is already happening. You may already be, know, be involved in groups that are actually doing this because they're all over the world because as the falling away of the old creates a vacuum, something else steps in that is going to be so much better. Now, I'm probably going to do a separate video on, on the big themes for 2022, but just to touch on those here, one of the big themes I think is all through 2021, we've had a square between Saturn and Uranus. And really through this year, Saturn, Saturn has had the upper hand. So Saturn is about government rules and regulations, control, doing things for your safety, doing things that are really related to the past, the way they've always been. But Uranus is very different. Uranus is the future. It's the truth. It's awakening. It's not obeying the rules, it's breaking free, being independent, but it is always, always encouraging us to a higher state of being. Now, I feel that as we turn the corner of this year, go over the pivot of the, of the seesaw, that Uranus will start to have the upper hand. And I feel that for many reasons that I'll cover in a separate video, but that will create a very different energy because it is unstable, it's unexpected, lots of shocks and surprises, I've called next year revelations and revolutions, and that's how I think it will be, because 
the revelations are coming out thick and fast now because Uranus is very related to the truth and the revelations prompt the revolutions. We're going to see way more. We've seen an awful lot in particularly 2021 of riots, protests, peaceful demonstrations. I think we're going to see a great deal more in 2022. So that's one of the big differences, I think. Another difference is the nodes in January are moving from Gemini Sagittarius, where they've been for the last 18 months, into Taurus Scorpio for the next 18 months. So in this last month of the South Node being in Sagittarius, really our old belief systems are crumbling. The South Node is our collective past, what we're letting fall away, if you like. And that's very connected to our old belief systems. New belief systems are being born. And again, I'll talk in more detail about this in future, but the, the nodal axis in North Node in Taurus, South Node in Scorpio, a lot about the economy, finances, currencies, the earth, nature, loans, mortgages, debts, defaults, taxes, that kind of thing. South Node in Scorpio is related to secrets, sexual secrets, financial secrets, particularly of the rich and powerful coming out. And it's interesting, if you think of Scorpio as the, the symbolized by the scorpion, it's often related to poisons and toxins. Poisons and toxins. Again, secrets coming out about poisons and toxins. I think that's going to be a big part of this. So another important trend next year that is new is Jupiter moving into Pisces. It, it does this on the 29th of December. It races through Pisces. And by the 11th of May, it has moved into Aries. Normally, Jupiter spends a year in a sign. So it's moving super quickly. And it then in late October backtracks again into Pisces until the end of 2022. So there's some big differences, but as I say, I'll talk about those in more detail as we move through. Now, I think a very positive beginning to the year is on the 1st of January, we have the Sun trine Uranus. Uranus is our future. Uranus is the galactic. Uranus is awakening. Uranus is a higher state of being. It's our super conscious. Uranus always wants to shift us away from dense 3D reality of Saturn because it orbits beyond the realm of Saturn. So yes, it's, it's fast change. Yes, it's the unexpected. Yes, it's sudden, but it's different energy. It's moving us forwards. So let's now talk about the new moon, which happens very early in the year on the 2nd of January. So this is the first new moon of the year and is therefore very important. So again, I've set this chart for London, for the UK um, time zone, because that's where I live. Um, if you're not in the UK time zone, ignore the houses, ignore the angles, the clock face of the chart. Uh, because you'd have to adjust that to make it relevant for your location. So all we're looking at is the planets in the signs and their aspects to each other. So this happens on the 2nd, as I say, it happens at 10.34 a.m. Pacific and 6.34 p.m. UK time. Now, the sun and moon are always together at a new moon. So the sun and moon here at 12.20 of Capricorn, this is very strong initiatory energy. This is cardinal earth. And what Capricorn is excellent at is setting a goal and achieving it. 
It's, it's excellent at manifesting, always delivering against its goals. So here we can set a new intention for wherever 12 Capricorn falls in our chart. What is the new intention you want to set? What new seed do you want to plant in your own life? And what is the new intention you, you want to set for new earth? Let's do that every month. So we're building energy into new earth. Very important aspect here is that Mars is right on the great attractor. The great attractor is at 14 degrees of Sagittarius. And I've talked about this recently with the lunar eclipse, but the, um, the great attractor is this, is this massive gravitational anomaly in space. It's like a gigantic cosmic vacuum cleaner. It is moving backwards at 600 kilometers a second, and it sucks galaxies in its wake. And we on little planet Earth are in one of those galaxies that is being sucked along by the great attractor. So it is intensely powerful cosmic and galactic energy. And when a planet aligns with these points like the great attractor or the galactic center or super galactic center, et cetera, it allows alignment, it allows um, downloads, if you like, of much higher consciousness energy. So this is extremely positive again here. What I find fascinating here is that the sun and moon at 12 of Capricorn are actually at the midpoint of Pluto, 25 of Capricorn, and a dwarf planet called Ixion. I haven't drawn Ixion in, but it's at one degree of Capricorn, so it's about here. So this new moon is at the midpoint of Pluto and Ixion. Now, Pluto, as we know, is about top-down systems, particularly governmental systems, large corporations, institutions, and Pluto, moving through these last few degrees of Capricorn until 2024 when it finally exits, is about unearthing any corruption or lack of integrity, lack of transparency, etc. I've talked about this many times. That's its process. Ixion, the dwarf planet, is known as the lawless brother of Pluto. It is it doesn't have a great reputation because in myth, Ixion was a king, so a king, a leader. And instead of buying expensive bridal gifts for his father-in-law, he decided to murder his father-in-law. Um, so crimes against humanity, if you like. And Zeus King of the gods gave him a second, gave Ixion a second chance to be reinstated, as it were. But Ixion rather messed up that opportunity, too, because he tried to rape Zeus's wife, Hera, and was then spun off into eternity. So really, Ixion is to do with being completely lawless and amoral, committing crimes against whomever, against the gods, breaking spiritual law if you like. This to me is, is absolutely fascinating. Ixion does have a very different level. Every planet, every dwarf planet has different levels of lower and higher expression. And with Ixion, the higher level of expression is finding your bliss, breaking away from the mainstream and finding your bliss. And may I suggest that a lot of people are already doing that. So this is super interesting. I think that's a very powerful part of this new moon. 
Another thing that is very important, I've been talking about this quite a bit recently, is that Venus, now retrograde from the 19th of December, is conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. Venus will stay retrograde until the 29th of January. It was last exactly uh, conjunct Pluto on Christmas Day, and it will finally come again to exactly conjunct Pluto on the 3rd of March, and then gradually exit from Capricorn. But this is a very strong signature, as you will know from my recent videos around the economy, banking, currencies, finances, and a whole, it's, this is birthing a new financial system, essentially. It's going to collapse the old system. It's going to birth a new. And, and actually, I shouldn't just say financial system singular, because I think there will be systems plural, because Uranus in Taurus is promising lots of different, be it cryptocurrencies, blockchain technologies that are more decentralized and independent. Although, obviously, there's a move towards making everything centralized in that every central bank apparently now has its own cryptocurrency. But uh, that's a whole other rabbit hole. So because we are already within the energy of the US Pluto return, and I have a separate video on that where Pluto in its orbit comes back for the first time to its so-called natal position in 1776. And that in the US chart is in the second house of the economy, the US economy, which will ripple across the world. I think it's inevitable somewhere between now and February when that Pluto return becomes exact and continues operational for the following two years, that we are gonna see some economic turbulence for sure. But that is a breaking down of the old in order to move to better systems. Venus Pluto can also make us feel intense emotions, and these can be intense emotions around a past relationship. Somebody from your past may turn up. It can be obsessive, intense emotions about a new relationship equally. But I think one of the things that is most interesting about this conjunction at this new moon is that Venus at 2223 of Capricorn is within 22 minutes, it's at the same degree within 22 minutes of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened on the 12th of January, 2020, that initiated this whole pandemic, that was about hard times, excessive control, etc., overreach of government. So for me, this is, and because it's a new moon in Capricorn, sign of government, top-down authority, this is an extremely interesting point for Venus to be at, particularly because she's retrograde. So this is like a revisiting back to that same degree of whatever was initiated at that Saturn-Pluto conjunction. So what I think this is about is let's go back over what governments have been doing, how they've handled the pandemic over the last two years, how well has that worked for people, etc. I think that's going to be extremely interesting. So, and often hard aspect, and this is a, this conjunction is a hard aspect between Venus and Pluto, is to do with issues around betrayal as well. So, and that can be on an individual level, you might be having a sense of betrayal in a personal relationship, or it can be globally, we're having a sense of betrayal in a, in a widespread collective sense. These last few degrees of the cardinal signs, 
Aries, Cancer, Libra, particularly Capricorn, are going to be very, very activated in your chart. So if you have a sense of intensity here, that's what is unearthing it. And, and what it's about as well, and I've referred to this a couple of times, is Capricorn, Pluto in Capricorn, through the overreach of various governments, is helping to, us to see or teach us that we must come back to our inner authority rather than as we have through our lives, very probably all of us, have been referring to external authorities, you know, governments, etc., big institutions, corporations. So it's going to be a turning in. We're going to be learning some new inner skills in our own sense of sovereignty and our power. It's an inside job if you like. Now, what is really very positive as well here, I mentioned that the sun was trying, exactly trying to Uranus on the 1st of January, but still here on the 2nd, Uranus is trying to sun and moon. So this is super, again, this is expanding us out to the truth, to a bigger galaxy, a bigger cosmos, to our awakening. It's stepping up, it's stepping up our consciousness to this higher state of being. It can bring in, again, because it's in Taurus, which is linked to the economy, currencies, etc., innovation and new technology in those areas as well. It's always linked to um, the galactic, galactic information. As we're moving from being little citizens on planet Earth to stepping in to, I want to say, galactic remembrance, because that's where we've come from originally. We've just, we've just forgotten it. Remember always that Uranus is the unexpected. It's related to coronal mass ejections, solar storms, solar flashes, all of those things. That All of those sudden extreme Earth events are going to be writ large through 2022. And I can't tell you when they're going to happen because Uranus is always the planet of surprises. We'll never quite know, but we will be seeing a lot of it. Another thing of, uh, another aspect of interest is that Chiron at eight of Aries is square to the sun and moon, 12 of Capricorn. So this is issues, not surprisingly, around sickness and health coming in here, but also new initiatives. This is a new moon and Chiron is always also about healing. So are we going to see some new healing solutions coming in at this time, which are going to kind of break us forward out of the the pandemic that we've had for pretty much two years now. Another very positive aspect, Jupiter has recently, 29th of December, moved into Pisces, um, where it will stay, as I mentioned, till the 11th of May. And this is in an out-of-sign square, T-square, in fact, to the nodal axis, because the nodal axis is um, across here. This chart is showing it just a squeaking into late Taurus Scorpio. It's kind of on the edge of Gemini Sagittarius, Taurus Scorpio, but Jupiter squaring that, our future collective destiny, the North Node, is similar to Uranus in a way. It's the future. It's linked to truth in its rulership of Sagittarius around the law. It is 2022 is a year of dreaming big. Jupiter in Pisces, dream big, have bigger dreams than you have ever had, ever in your lifetime, 
partly as the ill collapses, we're going to have a vacuum to allow us that opportunity. But that Jupiter in Pisces, particularly when it comes together with Neptune, and I'll be talking much more about this later, is is going to magnify our manifesting abilities, magnify our manifesting abilities in a way we've never experienced. I mean, big time. So get your dreaming hat on now. What do you want to dream in that has never been possible before? Because that's going to be possible in 2022, and we're going to make it happen. If we move beyond the new moon, and I'll stop sharing screen now. If we move beyond the new moon, we will see the moon triggering, aspecting the Uranus-Saturn square on the 4th, and by the 9th, it is aspecting, highlighting the Eris-Pluto square. I want to say about um, the Eris-Pluto square that that has been operational for the last two years and continues to be so all through 2022. But don't forget, and sometimes I mention it, sometimes I don't, that it's actually a T-square because Eris is opposing Homea, late degrees of Libra, and Pluto is squaring her. She is an incredibly creative, regenerative energy. She can regenerate the earth, even when it appears to be hopeless and, and just laid waste and dead and toxic. She's our, one of the most powerful symbols for New Earth. So as Eris is creating in its feisty street fighter mode, archetype, the collapse of the old, Humea is right there creating the new, creating something magical, shamanic, deeply connected to nature, quantum, really beautiful. And I'm getting very interested, as you know, in these Kuiper Belt objects, these dwarf planets. I'm going to be talking a lot more about them through 2022. Ixion is one of those that I've just been talking about. So the next thing to look at in this first half is that on the 10th, Eris moves stationary direct at 2341 of Aries. Now, we will feel this a good week to either side. It moves stationary direct. Whenever planets move in either direction, it's like a big, big ship turning around. They, they, they kind of drill down on that one degree. And so we're going to feel the symbolism of Eris strongly weak to either side. So we know she's the feisty street fighter. We know she's the female awakener. We know she's the goddess of discord and chaos in order to break through to something better. She will not tolerate inequality and injustice in society. Her whole impulse is that everyone has to be included, nobody marginalized. She's also, don't forget, the patron saint of chaotic creation. She's gonna help us create something amazing. These dwarf planets, as I've mentioned, represent a higher level of consciousness for us. We're moving beyond all our kind of bread and butter planets, if you like, that we've used for so long. And we're adding in another layer of consciousness. And Eris is very powerfully, powerfully part of that mix. Then on the 18th, Uranus moves stationary direct. Again, magnified a week to either side. And as I've mentioned in the past, Uranus' symbol is, is quite similar to Eris. They're both planets of awakening. They're planets of revolution, rebellion, 
demanding equality. So all of these things, truth demanding truth, all of these things, including the earthquakes, the volcanoes, the shocks, the coronal mass ejection, all of those things, cyber attacks, all of those things potentially are going to be strongly felt around the 18th. And I'm going to talk more about that, of course, in the next video, because I'm just tipping over the um, over the midpoint of the month. But we're also tipping over the midpoint of the seesaw. Because we're moving from this very two years of very strong contraction and just warmth over that, that pivot point of the seesaw. And the energy becomes very different, it becomes, yes, unstable. Yes, a bit of a wild ride. Yes, ground falling away from beneath our feet. Yes, relentless, fast pace. We can all barely catch our breath in doing this. And from the 29th of January, when Venus moves direct, all of the planets are moving direct until the end of April. So we're going to have this strong sense of momentum, very strong. And remember that Jupiter is racing through Pisces during that period until the 11th of May. So I think we are going to see so much happening in our world. It's going to be, as I said, dramatic, very colourful, very eventful. Don't get, don't make your focal point those outer events. Keep bringing yourself back to your anchor and make your anchor something instant free, simple that you can do anytime. I mean, just remember the, the baby belly breath that I've talked about. Just shut your eyes, focus 100% on your breath, 100%. You are nothing but the breath. Clear the mind. And you just gradually allow the breath to breathe you, allow the breath to happen. And very softly, just allow the exhale to become longer than the inhale. Just, just allow that to happen. Just, just drop into that breath like butter melting in the sun. And within seconds, you are lowering your cortisol levels, your stress levels, your anxiety levels. So your anchor and your center is yourself. This is something we're really going to learn because we are creating all of the time. We are co-creating with the energy of the universe. And we do that in a fairly unconscious, shambolic way, generally. Just thoughts rummaging through our heads. We're not aware, we're not very conscious of our thoughts, which are electrical impulse and our feelings that are magnetic wave. It just kind of jumbles through us. And so part of 2022 is helping us to be much more conscious of our thoughts and our emotions and kind of take command of them. You know, decide to dominate your reality with the frequency you choose. Is it love? Is it joy? Is it freedom? Is it compassion? And it doesn't have to be overexcited. It can be peace. Peace is a high frequency emotion. But when we're, when we're co-creating in a kind of random, jumbly kind of way, the structures that we're creating, the geometry that we're creating with the plasma, plasma is everywhere. It's just kind of electric electromagnetically charged ether, if you like, but it forms geometry in that plasma. And if we are incoherent, particularly when we're in low frequency emotions like anger, fear, hate, we get incoherent geometry. It's like interference on a television set. It's not 
going to produce a beautiful result because everything in the universe is a frequency match. So if we can feel more coherent emotions, which are always higher frequency ones of love, joy, peace, laughter, compassion, gratitude, appreciation, they form coherent geometry in the plasma, almost like this energetic scaffolding that's being built in the plasma. And as we start to add to that, and it's even stronger if we can do this collectively, if we can start to add to that, that, that scaffolding, that architecture, we are pulling into reality much more quickly and much more powerfully and much more positively an amazing new earth. I mean, Lynn McTaggart has done some wonderful work on this, as you know. Read her latest book, Power of Eight. Even with a group of eight, you can do this much more powerfully than just doing it on your own. But if you're in a community, a group of like-minded people, even if you don't know the detail, come together focused on these beautiful high-frequency energies and the, pla and, the, and the geometry that we're creating in the plasma is coherent. It, it's much more symmetrical. Think of um, Mazuru, Dr. Emoto's beautiful symmetrical ice crystals when people directed positive love, positive emotion to the water. I mean, you can find that online very easily and you can find what was produced when negative emotion was directed at water and then it was frozen, the ugly asymmetrical dis distorted patterns versus the exquisite symmetrical, beautiful, really beautiful patterns that were created simply by directing positive emotion to water. And think how much our bodies are made up of water. So I hope that's helped you. So 2022 is gonna be a wild ride, but it's gonna be a ride where we start to step into our sovereignty, where our authority, our power, and start possibly for the first time ever in our lives to really feel that and to see it operating as we pull in through our focus, our intentions, a much, much better new earth. Hope that's helped you. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. Bye for now. So you see the same message again from Pam Gregory as, as the same as Lee Harris last week. This is the year when we ourselves must stand up and be our own people. Don't listen, as the song at the beginning of the show always says, don't believe what the church and state tells you. Anyway, this is, um, this is Guy Sweens, and this track's called In Search of the Truth, which is what we do every week here on Free FM.
I'm super grateful and honored today to have Scott Drummond join us. The background story alone to why we're here today could be an interesting thing enough to talk about uh, how we ended up here. Even that has affected me, but what we're going to actually talk about, I think, has the potential to really help a lot of people, and I'm so honored that you've agreed to be here today. There's moments in some people's lives where they have these big resets, their priorities shift or something big happens and it just changes everything. It seems like you've maybe had more than one of those moments in your life. And I've been honored enough to hear a little tiny bit of some of those, but it sounds like most people haven't heard some of these stories. Um, so the one question I wanted to ask you is why, why now? Why did you feel like this was a good time to share some of these really kind of personal moments for you? Well, the thing that kind of brought to mind was what's happening right now with the COVID-19. There's so many people out there that are afraid of 
what might happen to them. And for me, it's not a fear for me because of what I've gone through before with, well, passing away for about 20 minutes and seeing things that I most people don't get to see. But what I started thinking about after talking to you on the on the trail that day was how people shouldn't be fearful of of death. What it did for me when I was 28 years old was to kind of wake me up and find out where my values are and where my where I'm sitting with my family and where I am placed with my Father in heaven. You know, at the time I was working for the government, I was working out of town and and didn't spend a lot of time at home. And what it did for me was it brought me closer to my family. Here I am, almost 67 years old, and I've talked very little about this because it's meant a lot to me and it's other than telling maybe a couple of family members and, of course, my wife, no one knows about what happened. In my mind, it is very vivid every every day. I was uh, up on the ski slopes in Park City and having a great time. We were skiing all day, and I was in the lift line, and all of a sudden, a lady came down, and she uh, had her poles going every which way, and and ran into us in the ski line. And well, needless to say, I skied the rest of the day. When I we got through, I took my glove off and down at the car and my thumb was hanging straight down. And it knocked my thumb completely out of the socket. And, and I knew I had to have something done. It started to hurt once I got into that warm vehicle. You skied the whole day with your thumb hanging around? Yes. Yep. I knew I had to get something done, so we scheduled surgery and got prepped, and what I remember most vividly was sitting in the operating room, and and the doctor put a, a sheet between me and my right hand, and my thumb, right thumb was tore down, and, and there was a nurse in there, and the nurse in there um, made mention to the doctor that she'd never done a tourniquet before and didn't know quite how to change the valves. And, and the doctor said that he'd talk her through it. Well, in, in the situation that you have, you put a tourniquet on right here and you have two valves. One is to tighten it up, one's to loosen the pressure. And what happened was... Uh, both of them were tightened to begin with, and the nurse undid the one valve, and, and the pressure started coming back on again, and um, she opened the second valve and forgot to close the first valve. And all of a sudden, I had the sensation of something going up my arm. It crossed into my heart, and next thing I knew, I was above my body watching the operation. What was unique about it was I wasn't by myself. I had someone right beside me watching. And 
I don't know if this is normal or not, but I watched every stitch that was put into my thumb. I watched, um, I watched the nurse go running out of the room saying that I killed him. And which was, I'm sure, put a lot of fear in her mind that what she did didn't work. But I sat and even though I never did see the person next to me, I sat right next to him as if I knew that person. And everything was done through the mind. There was no talking. I could hear what the doctor was doing, but I could never hear mouth to mouth what was being said with the person that was next to me. And we sat there and watched the operation and I can't tell you how long because there was no clock on the wall or, or I didn't have a watch on. We, we watched how serious the doctor was about finishing his surgery on my thumb. And I watched him take a, cut me here and here and tear a tendon out. I saw him uh, wrap it around my thumb and I started watching him put me back together. Something that was supposed to be a very simple operation ended up being not so, not so good in the end. Um, we sat there for a little while and I, I can remember I was sitting above. I was laying down and how you lay out with your arm like this with the sheet right here. And I was sitting right up here above watching the surgery. And then I watched, I had a, in my mind, I was told, uh, okay, it's, it's time to go. And I remember uh, so vividly, I could never look back. I was instructed never to look back again. And the next thing I knew, and it was like a twinkle of an eye, I was standing in a in a field where he the person that was with me was right next to me but I I couldn't see him and I looked over to the left and there were some great big tall trees and I remember they were the most unusual looking trees at a long trunk with the leaves up on top and there were lots of them and then in to the right of that, which would be still to the left of me, was wildflowers, just beautiful wildflowers. And they were up about to my waist. And I, I just remember looking and seeing how beautiful the flowers are because it's something that I really enjoy is, is yard work and gardening. And I just remember the vivid colors were just magnificent. And then in front of me, and then to the right, was uh, tall uh, grass that came up probably just about my waist high. And I was just standing there. And the next thing I knew, the person that had escorted me there was not there anymore, and I was by myself. But it was so peaceful. 
uh, everything was, it was really, what I remember so vividly was, I could see a long ways to my left, I could see a long ways to my right. I wasn't allowed to look back, but in front of me was a, at the time it seemed like a, a cloud. It was just a, a white cloud. And all of a sudden in my mind, I started watching a, a video of my life. And I saw it from, from the day that I was born until I was 28 years old. Everything, everything that I had done in my life, good, bad, it didn't matter because what mattered was that's what I was being judged on was what I had done. And I remember, I remember some of it hurt, but some of it made me feel good, but it was what it was. There was, I had no one there to argue with, <laughs> no one to say, I didn't do that. No, I did it. But there was a lot of things at that time in my life that I was, I wasn't really as on track on my life as I should have been. It was, at, the t at that time in my life, I was working for the, for the government, uh, for the Postal Service at the time, and um, it was all about getting ahead, making enough money, making enough money. And I was working, I remember at the time, I was working in Jackpot, Nevada, which is way out in the middle of nowhere. And knowing that everything that I was doing was for myself and not for my family. And I think probably out of all of that that I watched, it was, you know, some was good, some was bad, but I knew that I had to do better with my life. I remember all of a sudden just being so peaceful. After it was all over, there was, it was real. Nothing, you know, there was no fake stuff. There was no, you didn't do this or I didn't do that. I did it. It was all about me, and what was so vivid was it was in my mind. I wasn't uh, talking to anybody. I wasn't negotiating. It was all in my mind that I was visualizing. And it, I, when I got through, I went, it's over, you know. I, I knew that I was dead, and I knew I was moving on. I... Uh, was instructed through my mind, and that person wasn't next to me, but in, in my mind to get up and start walking forward. And I walked up to this white cloud, and an arm came through, only about this much. And it just came through, and I, I'll never forget it. It was an arm that was strong. It was somebody that had worked in either in the farming industry where his arms were big and his hands, I remember, were strong. They were 
bigger than my hands. They were a lot more meaty. And he reached out like this, and I reached towards his hand, and he said, it is not yet your time. You have more things yet to do. And he pulled his arm back through, and I didn't see it again because of the, the cloud that was in front of me. And, and at that time, I went back into my body. Um, the doctor said that there was a war going on inside of my body. The war was that I did not want to come back because it was so peaceful. He, I remember him saying what was going on, what, you know, why was you all over the place on that table? And, and I told him that uh, I didn't want to come back. It was, it was too beautiful on the, where I'd been. And come to find out, I had a paper on my chest and it, it pronounced me dead for 20 minutes. And I'd been gone. Uh, but I was gone in the most peaceful place that I could have ever went. Um, when they wheeled me out, Connie was out in the hallway. She had no idea that, I, that anything had ever happened to me. But uh, for three days, I have never had so much peace in my life as I've it's unbelievable the peace that I had for three days laying in that hospital bed. And the doctor, <laughs> it's kind of funny, the doctor kept coming back in and checking on me to make sure I was okay and was extremely uh, nice to me. It was uh, Dr. Skousen. Just so you're aware too, uh, Scott's wife Connie is sitting right off screen so you don't think he's talking to himself. Oh, no. This is my this is my escort, my yeah. wife Connie. <laughs> well, we've been we've been married <clears throat> forty five years, and this is something that I have kept very private and sacred in my life because I because it meant so much to me. Well, it changed my life. It changed the way I, th I think about things. It changes the way I think about my my wife and what we are together and that we are one instead of trying to be one-on-one. -on -one. We're one, trying to be one. At least I am trying. I'm not perfect. I've got a lot to learn in life. My life has taken me in all different directions since since I was 28 years old. It's kind of brought me closer to my father in heaven. I know there's a God. I know without a shadow of a doubt. One thing that I can also say is I'm not afraid of dying because I know how peaceful it's gonna be. My thumb works today. Very good. I call it my bionic thumb. But I, but I, I love my family. I love my wife. Thank you so much, Scott, for sharing. Uh, there's so many things to be taken from that. One alone, just that you have zero fear of dying in the world's current climate. That alone 
if some people could latch onto that and just know a lot of people have died in the past two months, um, knowing that this life isn't it, that there's more and that it's the most peaceful you've ever felt. One thing I thought was particularly poignant as well, that idea of, of never looking back. Um, that's something in our lives too, I think we hold a lot of baggage and maybe we feel bad about things that we've done. I think that's a really interesting message that you had while you were there that we can also take away is that like you can't always start again. Not everyone is gonna have an experience like that, but you can take Scott's word for it on what it's like and that this life isn't it and that there are times where you just have to reprioritize, reset, and don't look back. Don't look back at what you've done aside from using that as inspiration to change your life and to, to, to do something better. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Well, that was something different for you there. Um, now, Pam Gregory has got her latest one, which starts on the 17th, which is next week. Hi everyone, Pam Gregor, Astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the second half of January and the full moon that we have coming up in Cancer on the 17th. Now, 2022 is going to be a very different year from 2020 and 2021. There was a lot of contraction, density and almost monotone energy through the last two years. That's going to change a lot in 2022. And when I have a moment, I'm going to be doing a whole um, video on the themes of 2022. But just to say that because Uranus is going to be much stronger this year, particularly from springtime, Northern Hemisphere onwards, Mars is going to be activating uh, uh, some of the dynamic aspects this year. So with Mars and Uranus more highlighted, they are very different. They're, they're very fast moving. We could see a lot of drama, a lot of uh, fast moving events. At times it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be turbulent. It's going to be tumultuous even at times. And at other times it's going to be utterly blissful. So depending on the path you've chosen, and I think as humanity, we are now clearly, uh, we have chosen our path depending on our frequency and that will guide us through 2022 but if you're able to stay in those higher frequency emotions of love joy gratitude appreciation peace compassion i believe that because of the law of the universe that your reality has to be a frequency match simply a mirror to whatever you're broadcasting then that should bubble wrap you from the worst excesses of the chaos that we may see unfolding at times in our world. Now, you'll be aware of the chaos, you'll be able to observe it from your, your eagle's perch, but it may not arrive at your door as personally and dramatically as it otherwise would, because the, the higher frequency energy gives you this, this bubble wrap. And I think that's really important for us to know. So, one of the lovely energies we've got already in January is Jupiter in Pisces. Now, I'm going to be saying a lot more about this when I, I do the 2022 video, because it's going to be coming to a very important conjunction with Neptune on the 12th of April. And Jupiter will stay in Pisces until the 11th of May. But it's one of the most beautiful, I think, fine energy 
aspects that we have this year. And again, if you've taken that, that higher road, this can really bring you to some exquisite states of peace and beyond. So a lot to say about this second half of January. You will be aware that we've had a very long running square between Eris and Pluto all through the last two years. And Eris, as I've described many times, is the street fighter. She's the female awakener. She's the sister of Mars. She will not tolerate any exclusions from society. Everybody has to be included. She won't tolerate injustice or inequality. And so she's very feisty. She will take to the streets and protest for those issues to be resolved. But meeting in that clash, top-down Pluto in Capricorn, which is very much about control, rules, regulations, etc. However, I've often mentioned through last year that it is actually not just a square, it's a T-square, because the dwarf planet Haumea is at 29 of Libra, so it's forming quite a, a tight T-square with Eris and Pluto. And as we move through 2022, that square between Pluto and Homer becomes tighter. And Homer, if you remember, is the dwarf planet that's linked to the Hawaiian goddess of fertility. She's um, an incredibly powerful symbol for New Earth, about regeneration, creativity, instantly through her shamanic understanding of nature can regenerate the land and the food crops, etc. She's going to be coming stronger through 2022 because that square between Pluto and herself is getting tighter. So that's really good to know. There's quite a shift here from the last two years of, of as I say, control and density to something that's fast moving. And yes, it's going to be very chaotic as the, the old world collapses, leaving a vacuum for this new alternative society that's already being birthed many, many parts of the world. This is happening with ordinary people like you and me doing this. We're saying we want a better world, a more loving world than this. So let's move on now to the full moon that we have in Cancer on the 17th. So this full moon is happening at 27.50 of Cancer which you can see. Again, I've set the chart here for the UK because this is where I live. So as I've said in previous videos, just ignore the clock face, ignore the houses, unless you live in the UK time zone. We're just looking at the planets, uh, the signs that they're in and the aspects that they make to each other. So this is happening at 3.48 a.m. Pacific and 11.48 p.m. UK time. Now I've mentioned that we have seven full moons in a row at 27 degrees of their signs, seven. This is the fourth of that, that seven, um, all at 27. And what's interesting, of course, is if we think um, about the US chart that has its Pluto at 27 of Capricorn, and it also, by the, moon, by the way, has the moon at 27 of Aquarius. So that's being picked up with all of these full moons as well. And we are aware that next month in February, that begins the exact conjunction of transiting Pluto to 1776 natal Pluto in the US chart, in the US Pluto return. 
it is known as. And so this full moon in Cancer, which is opposing Pluto here, and the sun is conjunct Pluto, is also, the sun is conjunct the US Pluto and the moon is opposing the US Pluto. So it's activating, it's very much activating that US Pluto return just before we get to it in February. And the US Pluto return will be operational all of 2022, all of 2023. But as I've talked about in the past, because that's in the second house of the US chart, that is about very much about banking, the economy, about finances, about the uh, constitution of the US, but it's also about power. And this full moon in Cancer for everybody is very much about power. And the whole process of Pluto moving through Capricorn is about really drawing back from our reference point being external authority to increasingly developing a sense of inner authority and sovereignty, autonomy. Really strong theme coming up in 2022. So this full moon, this first full moon of the year is highlighting that issue around power. It's really strong. Where does your power lie? Do you defer to external authority? And I'm not talking about becoming an anarchist. I'm talking about living in a loving way so you're not hurting anyone else, but being very aware of creating your reality, creating your world from the inside out, not the outside in. So cancer as a sign is a very sensitive water sign. It's gentle, it's loving, it's caring, it's empathetic. It's very much about nurturing, needs to be nurtured, but also instinctively knows what others need to feel nurtured. And that is often because it has a sense of vulnerability. Very, very sensitive um, cancer. So at a full moon, at any full moon, feelings and emotions tend to come to a head. And the, the feelings and emotions will be very high here because the moon is in its own sign. It's the peak of the moon cycle and the moon is in its own sign of cancer. Now, cancer as a sign par excellence is the sign of motherhood. And what does motherhood mean? Well, it means that you have a concern about your children. You're preoccupied about your children. So what we may see here is a lot of feelings and emotions coming to a head around issues of power connected to children and any vulnerability around children and our strong desire in our motherly instincts to nurture and protect those children, all Cancerian associations. So that's going to be a big part, I think, of this full moon. But really notice it's about power. Now, what is interesting, and I've just really been referring to this, is the sun and moon always opposite each other at a full moon. So the moon is square to Aries. This is Aries here at 2340 of Aries, and the sun is also square it. So this is actually, if we also look to the other side, to Humea at 29.57 of Libra, this is a cardinal grand cross. So it has huge energy in it, huge, dynamic, cardinal, forward-moving energy. 
around issues of power, where the power lies, around motherhood, protecting the vulnerable, protecting the vulnerable in society in general, but particularly it could be linked to children. And yes, there is ongoing um, disruption, let's say, from Eris, the street fighter, but there's a stronger sense of Humea, that magical, shamanic, deeply instinctive, regenerative, creative principle, very strongly associated with New Earth, coming more strongly into the picture in 2022 because the square to Pluto gets tighter. The square also between Uranus, 1049 of Taurus here and Saturn, 1349 of Aquarius is still operational through 2022. It becomes exact again to the degree in October, not to the degree in minute, but certainly to the degree. So in the early months of this year and also September onwards, we're going to feel the, again, old versus new, control versus freedom, past versus the future, kicking in a little more strongly. However, as I say, Uranus will start to have the upper hand through 2022. And one of the reasons I say that is that you'll see a little S here for Uranus. Uranus at this full moon is just edging towards its station. Within a few hours, it comes to its station. And it's stationing um, direct at 1049 of Taurus. So whenever a planet stations and it changes direction either way, it's like this huge tanker slowing down, drilling down onto one degree before it changes the, um, and moves in another direction. So it's moving, about to move direct here, but its symbolism will be magnified. So think of all of the things that Uranus is associated with that you probably know by heart by now. It's around earthquakes, volcanoes, sudden eruptive events and energy, extreme earth events. It can be around shocks and surprises, shocking news, truths coming to light, anything that's galactic. It can also be around unstable geomagnetics. We're going to have a very unstable year in many, many ways this year. Don't expect the foundational systems to stay because they won't. They will be rocked to their core. It's unstable. And that's very much because the geomagnetics are unstable. So the Earth is upgrading. We're going to be experiencing a lot more coronal mass ejections, which we've seen many of in the last few months anyway. Solar flashes, that so it could be anything around that at this full moon in Cancer. But we'll feel that station of Uranus about a week to either side of the 17th, 18th, 18th. It, it becomes absolutely stationary. So that is going to be very strong energy and, and again, raise revolution, revolution and rebelliousness around issues of truth. I've called 2022 the year of revelations and revolutions. I'm sticking to that. And so we could see social eruptions happening, a lot of civil unrest, I believe, through 2022. Other things of note I want to point out is that Mars at the new moon, on the second new moon in Capricorn, we had Mars conjunct the Great Attractor, that massive cosmic vacuum cleaner. We now have Mars conjunct the galactic center, which is at 27 of Sagittarius. And whenever a planet aligns with these very important portals, really, uh, cosmic areas in space, it means we are more able 
easily to more able more easily able to download higher consciousness information. So with Uranus becoming stationary, linking us more strongly to the galactic and Mars conjunct the galactic center, this is fantastic for downloading high level information. And Mars will move exactly onto that galactic center on the 20th of the month. And just other Important things I'd like to point out that Uranus isn't only square to Saturn. So there's this ongoing rumbling of the themes I've just talked about. But Uranus is also quite tightly square to Mercury in Aquarius. So this is encouraging us to radically think outside of the box. Think differently. Get new solutions. Get downloads, insights, revelations in your in your meditations about what that's all about, what new ideas you can produce to move forwards in your world. Because we're going to have a lot of innovations in 2022, a lot of new technology that can be very benevolent. And I'll just stop sharing at this point. Another thing to point out that happens the same day as Uranus moving stationary direct is that the nodes, the nodal axis moves from Gemini, Sagittarius into Taurus, Scorpio for the next 18 months. It will stay there until July 2023. So the North Node is in Taurus. That's our collective future destiny and point of focus. So this Taurus is linked to currencies, banking, wealth, the economy. It's also very much linked to nature and the earth, and bring things back to the simple. I think for many people, myself included, there is a yearning to come back to the simplest things, getting in touch with nature more deeply, growing food, planting seeds. There's an absolute yearning, and that whole movement is becoming much more widespread as well. So we want to shift away from a very kind of hyper-technological so-called sophisticated society to really kind of get our hands in the mud, as it were. And I know growing food is becoming a larger and larger movement and people linking in with their local farmers and farmers markets, etc. But even think if you're in a small place, even think about growing microgreens. This is something I'm starting to do myself because food supplies, also tourists, are likely to be very disrupted this year for whatever reason, weather or whatever reason, because we have Uranus in Taurus until 2026. So even if you can grow some microgreens at home, you are getting densely packed nutrition in a very small amount of food that you can grow in a windowsill. So really think about that because there are lots of easy ways to do that and you can buy kits online, etc. It's definitely something that, that I'm doing. And this deep, deep connection, as I say, to nature. But as well as the whole wealth, economic, currencies, banking thing connected to Taurus, the Scorpio end of the nodal axis is also connected to investments, debt, default, taxes. But that is the south node. That's going to be what's falling away. So this again suggests that a lot of the financial system that we've known in our lifetimes may be falling away, maybe even the tax system. We might get lucky, maybe dissolving over this 18 months to come. But also Scorpio is to do with secrets, sexual financial secrets of the rich and powerful. And 
as I mentioned in the last video, think of the scorpion's tail. It's about toxins, poisons, secrets about those also coming to light in the next 18 months. So all of this is, is I think, intense and very powerful as well. Now, we have quite a, a strongly militaristic day coming up on the 23rd of the month. Mars comes into semi-square with uh, Saturn. Quite disciplined, quite militaristic. There may be more attempts at control coming in then. Just to say, in the last four days of January, in the first four days of February, Saturn becomes quite strong because it's in hard aspect to the world axis. So across the world, we may see, again, greater attempts at control. I think January, February, early March are really going to see that. However, there is also stronger pushback happening. Because, for instance, on the 30th, we have the, the sun square to Uranus, highlighting Uranus. And the same day we have the moon in hard aspect to that Eris-Pluto square. So at the same time that Saturn is amped up, let's say, through January, and by the way, through February and March too, Uranus is being amped up at the same time. Just stepping back a day on the 29th, Venus becomes direct, being retrograde through Capricorn, it becomes direct again on the 29th, but it stays in Capricorn until early March. It becomes conjunct to Pluto again on the 3rd of March. And this is going to be, particularly while it's been retrograde, this, this is really asking us to dig deep on what's important, what our values are. And Capricorn is a very conventional sign, so it may well have been that in your life up to now, you have held a conventional job because it was about how do I earn a living in this 3D world? And it may well be that with this massive transformation we're going through, that you may start to shift to how do I want to feel day to day? That's very much Venus. How do I want to feel in my downtime, but also in my work time? What kind of work do I want to do to make me feel really wonderful day to day and help keep my frequency up. 28th, 29th as well, we have Mercury coming together with Pluto at 26th of Capricorn. This is about very deep thinking, but it's again about secrets coming to light. We are going to have a lot of secrets revealed, particularly of the rich and powerful. And so I've called 2022 the year of revelations and revolutions. I'm going to stick to that because that's how I think it's going to be with the truth coming out in bigger, bigger and bigger waves. So will the rebellious revolutionary behavior. And 2022, as I say, is such a different year to the last two. I will do a separate video on this because the last two years have been so much about Saturn Pluto, about contraction, density, control rules. It's been kind of flat monotone with that energy. But 2022 is a much greater year of change. As I say, Uranus becomes much stronger, particularly from May onwards. But Mars is activating a lot of the very strong Yang dynamic aspects this year as well. Mars and Uranus are both speedy planets. 
So it can be really fast moving change and, and chaos at times because the change is happening so quickly. But there are several different episodes to 2022. Jupiter is going to be in Pisces, already in Pisces now. It's going to be in Pisces till 11th of May. And then it moves into Aries till the 28th of October and backtracks again for a short time into Pisces. Jupiter in Pisces versus Jupiter in Aries are very different energies indeed. So again, I'll talk more about that in a future video. But just to say for the moment, Jupiter in Pisces is is beautiful energy. Jupiter is the ancient ruler. This can really help many of us to become much more psychically sensitive, much more tuned in to the divine, to the ethereal, to unconditional love. It can make us want more spiritual meaning in our lives, but it can certainly start to activate that more hypersentient sense um, of we feel we're connecting to other people or animals or nature in a much more telepathic way. It's really going to open that up. And it's, it's kind of boundless. That spirituality and that sense of oneness and connection to source is boundless. Um, no boundaries in Pisces. So again, I'll be talking about more, that, uh, more about that as we move through the, the weeks and months. But it has a very important conjunction to Neptune on the 12th of April, one of the most positive and powerful aspects that we have in 2022. And that can just be a, a spiritual tsunami for many people on the spiritual path. And by the way, by the time we enter 2022, you will have chosen you will have chosen your path, which way you're going to go, because you will have been tested in the last two years to determine which trajectory you're going to take. And we are well aware that the earth is upgrading, that we as individual entities are having to catch up with these massive surges in photonic light that are coming in, photonic energy. And the reason people are experiencing such shifts in frequency and consciousness is because of those huge surges of photonic energy. And they are also activating, they activate the pineal gland as well. So at this time that we have Jupiter moving through Pisces to join its modern ruler, Neptune, all very psychically sensitive, all of that is being accelerated as well by the photonic energy, waking up the pineal gland. So just know that whatever rubble is happening as the, the scenery of the old 3D world collapses, just know that this physics of light, this upgrade for humanity is absolutely unstoppable. We have so much light on the earth to the degree that we've never had it before. As I often say in these videos, so trust that and let the light be your focus. Not the, you, you don't want to go back to the old. Why would we want to recreate that by our focus? Because whenever you're giving focus and attention to something, it's activating and, and bring, you know, it's giving it um, life, life resuscitation, if you like, life support. Focus on the light, focus on new earth, focus on what's abundant um, in your life. Constantly feel gratitude all through my days. I'm grateful 
if I stare into a flower, if I hear a bird, if by chance there's blue sky in the UK, if there's any watery sunshine, I'm constantly grateful. I'm grateful for my friendships. I'm grateful for the people in my life. And that, that strong energy of gratitude will bring more things into your life that you can be grateful for. So just know that, that we are entering an incredible um, fast moving period and just trust and almost surrender to those higher frequency energies because they will, they will carry you through. Once you've set your compass needle on that future timeline, they will carry you through. I hope that's helped. We also, by the way, have a another new moon. It's very unusual to have three lunations in a month. We have another new moon happening on the 31st of the month in Aquarius, where the Uranian energy, Uranus is the ruler of Aquarius, is particularly strong. So Uranus is surging forwards yet again. God bless. If you're watching this um, at the turn of the year, many happy um, have a wonderful new year. Hope it's, I hope it uh, fulfills many dreams for you. Think big, dream big in 2022. Jupiter in Pisces, dream bigger than you've ever dreamt before. May I wish you well in this very colorful, pretty wild ride of 2022. God bless. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. I am Barry. Spring the voice within. Kakite, shalom, namaste, masalam. May our God go with you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand on air.